Welcome to Honorado and Bagnardi on location. Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi, finally somebody sitting between us to separate the two of us. <laughs> and we're joined by a budding NBA star, Kevin Herter, of course, the Shen grad here in the Capital Region, but second team all-rookie for the Atlanta Hawks uh, just this past season. Kev, thanks for coming in, man. No problem, thank you guys for having me here. We're at Leah Infinity. We're in the beautiful showroom here on Route 9 in Latham. Kev is cruising around in Infinity in the summer in style, doing Saratoga for sure before he heads back uh, to Atlanta to work out. What has it been like to be home here a little bit here? You get a little bit of downtime, right? After you had a terrific rookie season, is it relaxation time is it overwhelming because of the success you had you know it's kind of a, a good mixture of both you know ever since coming back from summer league early kind of spend the mornings working out you'll try to get everything done before 12 and then the afternoon is up to me and so trying to play a little bit more golf see friends okay. uh, you know hang with family how's the so golf just, game it's coming along you know i i, uh, I broke 100 a couple weeks ago nice. so now we're working on breaking like 95 and so it's just baby steps uh course of choice here in the capital region uh, we belong to Edison Club, yep. so that's where my dad plays there a lot, and so we kind of we go up there. We play Vinpat and Eagle Crest, all the other Clifton Park courses, and so we're trying to expand out a little bit. I'll, I'll maybe head up to Saratoga one of these weekends or Albany, and you know try to get one of those in. Awesome. Uh, as I said, second team all rookie, man. Did you surpass? Expect I ask athletes and coaches this all the time, and they kind of usually give me the same answer. Like, ah, we don't like to set an expectation because once you reach that goal, where do you go from there? But 10 points, three boards, three assists per game, second team all rookie. Do you feel like you played better in the NBA as a rookie than you thought you might? They always say, you know, if you, if you make one of those teams, you exceed your draft position. But, you know, for me, you know, anytime I got an opportunity, I'm always confident in what I can do. And so going into the year, except my expectation, I didn't really know what my role was going to be. I didn't know where I was going to fit in. I was kind of just going into it, just ready to play and try to prove myself. And then just got really good opportunity all year and started to play a little bit better in the role that I had. And then kind of the rest took care of itself. So before you leave, you're Kevin Herter. Now you come back and you're the NBA's Kevin Herter. What's it like when you come home? Does it feel a lot different and in terms of how people treat you and different things you have to do, your schedule, all that stuff? It does. You know, I can I can go in Atlanta a little bit more unnoticed and you know, go and, and drive around or go to different restaurants or stores and for the most part just kind of fly under the radar and it's not as nice, it's not the same luxury when I'm home, but again, to be able to kind of be around this area and see familiar faces and uh, you know, get to meet up with a lot of different people that I grew up with is you know, equally as awesome. The yeah, red like, hair is a blessing and a curse. Exactly. Uh, sure. You can't I'm just hide. Kind of a good looking red hair. Well, that's what I set. said when I did, did <laughs> yeah. the little teaser video yesterday. Finally, someone with some talent and, and better looks is a redhead. It's nice to have somebody <laughs> like that on the set here. Uh, Sean is a huge Brooklyn Nets fan, so I want to point okay. out before we go too much further, you had your first double-double at Brooklyn yeah. where yeah. you beat them up on the boards. But they beat us up on the scoreboard. Also. Well, I, mean, I wasn't going to go there with the final score. Yeah, Two nights later, though, career-high 29 points at Philly. Um, that was middle of January. How long did it take, Kev, for you to feel like you were like really adjusted to the NBA game? Probably up until that time. You know, really my summer league or my welcome to the NBA was really the first month of the year. Yeah. That didn't go as well as January went. You had so an injury, an injury to a finger. Yeah, so yeah. it kind of took a little bit for, for me to get my feet underneath me. But, again, as the opportunity kind of got better and better, and then we had, we had a bunch of injuries that kind of allowed me to play a lot more. And you know, we had guys out for a couple months at a time. And so, yeah, I really kind of played a lot in the middle of the year. And so I was able to get into a pretty good groove. So when the games mattered, regular season, you're getting regular playing time. Was there like a wow, I'm in the NBA kind of moment for you? I mean, yeah, I think you know, me and Trey have, have said this you know, a lot. I, I think one of the cooler parts of the NBA was getting to play in all the different arenas. And so for us growing up, it was you saw Cleveland a lot on TV. You saw Miami a lot. You saw Golden State a lot. You, everybody sees Staples Center. So then to put yourself in those arenas and get to play in those for the first time for us was really cool. Uh, go ahead, Sonny. I was going to say, who was like the one guy when you're matched up against them on the court where you're like, holy crap? <laughs> there's, a, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, there's sure. not just one. I mean, the first one is obviously LeBron. Yeah. And then you know, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and Giannis, I think, are the four that you're guarding and you're just like, 
they can do whatever they want, sure. and there's nothing I can do to stop <laughs> them. I'm just going to hope they miss. Right. Whereas, you know, there's other guys in the league that, you know, are similar size as me, and so as much as I think I'm going to do something, you know, I could still put a hand in their face or, you know, feel like I can get a good contest or play decent defense on them, but, you know, those four, there's really nothing you can do, and, right. you know, usually help defenses aren't much help either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, one of the moments I think most people will remember from your rookie year is the, the jersey swap with Dwayne Wade. You wear three because you grew up watching Wade. Uh, you didn't know it was going to happen. I know I uh, heard you say that on Scott Van Pelt's show. Mm -hmm. um, take me back to that moment, man. What was in that moment? What are you feeling and thinking when one of your idols is approaching you to take your jersey home? I mean, it was obviously surreal, but you know, going even before that, that was our fifth time playing Miami that this past year, and so the way the game ended, you know, we kind of made a run to come back, and yep. then we had a chance to win, and you know, a couple of plays that we just didn't handle the right way, and we ended up losing at the buzzer. And so I remember I was watching from the bench because we had a defensive possession that we just saw uh, that was going on, and so I remember when the game ended, you know, my initial reaction was I was pissed, and I was going to walk off the court. Because, you know, in the NBA, every game you don't shake hands. Yep. And so then I realized, I was like, this is our last time playing them. You know, you're supposed to go out and, you know, shake these team hands, and especially them being in our division. And so when I turned back around to the court, you know, he was on the edge of the court kind of just waiting for me. And so to be honest, like right when I saw him sitting there waiting for me, I, like it registered. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's about to be one of these things. And so I tried to play it cool as much as I can. And then, uh, you know, we just spoke for a second and then took the pictures. But, you know, it was obviously something I'll always remember. Was that the, were you guys rocking those sweet powder blues that night too? Do I have that? That was, yeah, it was yeah, the powder man, those blues. Those are nice. Yeah, those are really They have nice. nothing to do with Atlanta Hawks colors at they all, don't. but they're really cool. Those are really nice, exactly. Yeah. The light blue, it's a nice changeup. And I like those. Uh, you mentioned Trey Young's name earlier in answer to Shawnee. Uh, he was another first-round pick. You guys were both rookies last year. So you have no choice, really, but to get along because the Hawks organization has decided these are two of our building blocks for the future. But I saw you guys hanging out summer league, like almost paparazzi out in Vegas, they snapped a picture of you guys. Um, so you have no choice to get along, but do you actually get along? And, and what is it that makes your relationship work with him? Yeah, and again, I think one thing that was great about you know, me, Trey, and Amari, who's not yeah. with our team anymore, but you come in as a rookie and you kind of have to stay together because of the different struggles you go through out of the year, both on the court and then everything you do with off the court. And so kind of us three had a, had a really good relationship with each other just because we're all going through similar type of things. Yep. And so, yeah, obviously as the year went on and me and Trey started to play together a lot more, you know, the chemistry started to build on the court. And kind of similarly as you were saying, you know, hopefully we're two guys moving forward that the Hawks want to keep around and, you know, keep building on. But, you know, we have a great relationship and, um, you know, hopefully that continues. So that's the young guys. I want to ask you about an old guy because... Because <laughs> we're old. Yeah, because we're old. No, because... Probably not as old as this guy you're about to talk about. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. No. Um, as Chris said, big Nets fan, so... For me, Vince Carter's, you know, one of the all-time franchise greats for us. What is it like having him around, a guy who's just been around and done everything? I mean, we all grew up watching him and dunk contests and Olympics yeah. and marveling at his talent. Mm -hmm. So you walk in, and there's Vince Carter. Talk about what that was like and then his role on you and the young guys in terms of just being a veteran leader. Yeah, well, Vince, to be honest, he was a guy that you had to keep reminding yourself throughout the year who he was. And so... The first couple times that you walk into the practice facility back in September, you're like, oh my God, that's Vince Carter. And like, I'm on the same team as Vince Carter. And then two months later, it becomes normal. And it's like, he's yeah. on your team. But then again, we would bring up, I don't know how many times this year in film sessions, we'd just throw in a clip of Vince when he was 23 and we and a little like a dunk montage. And then you remind yourself, it's like, okay, that's actually Vince Carter. But uh, he created a lot more buzz for our team. You, you know, yeah. we would go on road trips, and he was the most popular guy on our team, probably behind you know Jeremy Lin. You know, Jeremy Lin sure. was his following was incredible. Yeah. But you know, Vince was obviously just create a lot of hype around our team for, especially the struggles that we went through as a team, kind of throughout the course of the year. But you know, for you know, his role on our team, it was really kind of extension of a coaching staff. You know, it wasn't like he was taking guys and he had great life advice you know, every two seconds and he's giving you something that's going to change your life. But it was, yeah. you know, we'd go into scouting reports and he knew every coach 
he didn't know every team, he knew every coach. So we could go in and, you know, coach that had been around for a couple of years, he knew what actions they liked to run. Sure. And so he'd say, okay, this guy, they're going to do this, they're going to run this action, we have to guard it like this because he knew from playing against specific coaches. And so he kind of just gave a different twist on different things. And you know, obviously a guy who's been around and knows how to take care of himself at 42, he's still playing. And so kind of to see him go about his work every day was you know, obviously really beneficial. Is there anything game-wise that he taught you, like – you know, mechanics or something like that that he helped you work on at all? Not too much. You know, Vince always joked, actually, we would, you know, different stuff you work on in practice, you know, different dribble moves. He would always kind of laugh and be like, you know, I don't do any of that. I just jump in the air and figure it out. <laughs> and so, you know, you go to the basket, everyone's like the Euro step or a float or anything like He's just like, I just jump. And then you figure it out from there. And so we're like, okay, Vince, not everyone's that like you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't jump over people like you do. And no. so. He can still jump, right? He, oh, yeah, he can jump. He, really, yeah, he, he went can, up. like bounce into like a late fourth quarter dunk, and you're like, you forget he's still right. right. Well, there was a day earlier in the season he didn't practice. And so, I mean, teams do that, obviously, especially yeah. when you get old like him. So he didn't practice, and then we're like walking off the court after breaking it down. and he gets the ball and just goes up in windmills. And so it was like, it was like the first time they, anybody had seen windmills, like five or six practices into the year. And that was like incredible. He was like, how are you still doing that? Uh, but it didn't look any different. Maybe a little bit lower than it used to be, but okay. it was still a nice windmill. Uh, we're going to ask you about your coach. You mentioned a bunch of coaches. I want to ask you about Coach Pierce uh, coming up here a little bit. But we're at Leah Infinity. We're on Route 9 in Latham, a beautiful showroom. And when you talk about luxury vehicles, they're all right here. And they do what they say, luxury for less. And it makes sense. When you come in, you drive one of these cars, you test drive whatever model you want, you will leave here wanting to drive nothing else. And why is it luxury for less? Because then you'll sit in the general manager's office, Steve Coons. He will break down everything for you, make sure you leave here driving the car you want with a payment, be it a lease or finance if you buy, that you can not just afford. Like, we all want to drive a car we love and then we just kind of scrape by every month. No, it's summertime. You can still take those long road trips, still go up to the track, play the ponies. Steve will make sure you still have all that money in your pocket that you want while looking good and driving a vehicle you love. Stop by, see Steve on Route 9 in Latham. We're in the showroom right now with Kevin Herter. Uh, biggest adjustment, Kev, from college to the NBA. Can you nap as much in the NBA as you did in college? <laughs> Uh, yes. Okay. That's yeah, good. there's actually a lot more napping time in the NBA. Okay. Yeah, you don't have class and all that stuff to work on. Um, yeah, but on the court, it was, yeah, the NBA, it feels like it's more spaced out. You know, college, everything is just guys standing in the paint. You play against the Syracuses that yeah. stand in the paint, and, you know, everything is kind of clogged up. But the NBA, it feels like you have a lot more space to do stuff. But then when you get around the rim, the length and the size of every player just kind of erases all the room that you thought you had. And so, you know, on the court, it was... It was different in that aspect, and it's a faster game, you know, shorter shot clock. But you know, off the court, you know, I, I always kind of laughed. Uh, I was talking to Tyler Dorsey, who uh, isn't with the team anymore either. But it was, I think, last summer I came in, and you know, we had worked out again. We were done before 12, and it was again we got two workouts in, and so I was already pretty tired. And I just kind of started to feel lazy. You know, I, there was a couple. It was over the course of the week. I'm just like, I do nothing the rest of the day. I'm mean, like, what do you guys do? And he kind of laughed. He jokes. He goes, that's the best part about this job. You work out, then you do nothing. <laughs> and so I just like kind of always remember that. And okay. so guys just got to find different hobbies. You know, a lot of guys try to go. So what do you do? What do you do? Uh, you, you said your the golf game is coming along a little bit. Yeah. Are, are you a video game guy? What yeah, yeah, big time. I mean, okay. I feel like everybody in the NBA now is a video game guy. Yeah. And so... So what kind of games, though? I mean, you play, like, A lot of different NBA? stuff. Yeah, 2K, Fortnite, uh, yeah, MLB The Show a little bit, nice. GTA. And now, growing up, you were a video game guy, too? A little bit, yeah. I played Call of Duty growing up. So what's it like, then, that first time you fire up the game and you're playing as Kevin Hurt? That was different. I don't know. I don't play as a okay. Hawks. I don't play, play as, as a Hawks. yourself? <laughs> no, I don't okay. like to. Hmm, who do you uh, play as? I switch it up. you got to do the random teams. Okay. So I do random teams, just play friends like that. Who's the best gamer on the team? Best gamer. There's a lot. A lot of people claim to be the best gamer. Yeah, I was going to say, who talks the most trash about being the best? Justin Anderson from last year talked the most trash, yeah. Okay. He thought he was the best at every game. Um, you know, for me, I'm probably the best Fortnite player. I'm not the best 2K player. Okay. Uh, so everyone kind of has their different games that they're really good yeah, at. Nice. Vince Carter does not play at all. Yeah. Jeremy Lin last year, he played PUBG. He played on his, he had a gaming laptop that he would bring on road trips. And wow. yeah, he'd set it up right on his desk in his hotel room. Next so he was level. funny. Yeah, he was, he was into it. He was big into it. Who's Next your funniest level. teammate? Who just gets like everybody rolling in practice? It was Dwayne Dedman. Mm -hmm. And again, really? he, he just yeah. signed with the Kings. Yep. Dwayne was 
hilarious. He just didn't shut up. Yeah, it was over the course of the whole entire practice. He was just just screaming. If you're at a game, every single time he comes out of the game, he sits at the end of the bench in the very last seat, and he just screams out at players on the court, just like talking the whole entire time. And it's not always just like you know, trash talk. It's just like talk like trying to get in your head and be friendly yeah. with you, but he doesn't shut up. He's hilarious. That's amazing. You guys are going to look really differently. I mean, you've rattled off a bunch yeah. of names here already. Exactly. I'm like, okay, but okay, he's not here now. anymore. Yeah. 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 It, it kind of has, the NBA has that feel now where it's going to be really transient for a lot of players. Right. Um, do you feel like the pieces are in place, though? I would say you guys, I don't know what the Vegas over-under was in you guys last year in terms of win total, but I would say you guys overachieved in terms of team wins last year, do you feel like the pieces are in place for you guys to take another step next year? Yeah, we think so. You know, right now we have five guys from last year's team still signed, and so the rest are signed someplace else new or right. were traded. And so it's a lot of new pieces again, and you know, somehow we got even younger from last year for being one of the youngest teams in the league. We got even younger. Mm -hmm. And so the new pieces that come in, again, we'll see how they fit together, especially with the guys that we drafted. But you know, the five that we're bringing back are hopefully going to try to lead the way for the new guys. It isn't hazing, but what is one thing you had to do as a rookie that the vets made you do that maybe you're looking forward to making this year's rookies do? So that's the thing. You know, my rule with that is if you're still in your rookie contract, you don't you're not allowed to make a rookie do anything. And so we had a lot of guys that that rule didn't exactly okay, yeah, so you know, follow to them. Yeah, you're in, four years yeah. in, you get to make rookies do stuff. Yeah. Not you're on your third year and you're trying to make rookies go do things. Okay. So every single game day, we had to bring Krispy Kreme donuts to shoot around. And so, again, it was nice with Trey and Amari. We would just rotate. But right. there was one Krispy Kreme in the center of Atlanta and our practice facility was about 20 minutes north. So we lived near the practice facility and then with traffic, yeah. like you had to cut out a good hour of your day just to go get donuts. And so you would shoot around at, at 10, you, know, you have to be there around 9.30, so you're getting up at 8.15 just to go get donuts, get donuts. for everybody. But on a road trip, we're in Indiana, Dwayne Dedman just calls me after sure, and he's like, yo, I need toothpaste. And so I had, to, I had to Uber down to a CVS, get him toothpaste, and bring it up to his room. So it was just like little stuff like that. It that couldn't just, be front desk toothpaste. No, he was like, he wanted, he gave me a list of specific toothpaste. He's like, I need this. Like, he's like, I need Crest. Yeah. Right. And he's like, I need, I need a couple of a multiple. And then the next trip, he'd make Amari go get him lotion or something like that. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Man, that's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, best road city in the league. I LA. know you've only made a certain number. LA. That yeah. came out without a yeah. flinch. Why? The weather. Yeah, everyone knows LA because of the weather. Um, you know, a lot of teams honestly go out there and they stay on the beach, so it kind of feels like a little vacation right in the center of the year. Yep. For us, we stayed right next to the arena. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Atlanta's funny. We have a pretty good home court advantage because of the nightlife in Atlanta. And so there's a couple games you can go into our games the next day, and you could tell the guys were a little bit slower um, from the previous night. And yeah. so I think Atlanta's a tough place to play because of that. Uh, New York's obviously fun. And, I mean, especially for me, I get to see everybody when I come back up to New York. and. You play the Knicks and Nets each two times, so you come mm -hmm. up for you know, four times a year, so it's nice. Chris mentioned you know, a lot of moving parts on your team, but we've seen that just, it feels like with every team, and not just moving parts, but like major, major pieces. I, mean, I think I said to Chris, like, if I could tell you that you know, Kawhi Leonard I and know. Anthony Davis and Chris Paul and Russell Weber, all these guys are going to be on different teams heading into next season. Right. When you sit back in the offseason and you see all these big stars moving around, like, what do you think? I mean, obviously, you know, everybody just sits back and hopes one or two will come to their team. But just the, the changing of the league in general with all these star players, what do you think about that? Yeah, to be honest, it's, it's a lot of teams trying to win right away and trying to just build something really quickly and win. But every single year, only one team wins. And so, you know, for, for us, I think Coach Pierce always says is we're not going to skip steps. And so we're hopefully building something that will last multiple years, not just trying to trade for people that are going to last one or two. And if you lose, then you blow it up and you start over. And so even though there's a lot of teams that seem like they're making really good moves and trying to put together these big teams that compete for championships, you know, for us, I think you know, we're just trying to do it the right way. And we're like, you know, we may be still a couple years away from it, but when we are there, you know, hopefully we're going to be there to stay. Sure. Uh, does it feel like a player's league? Kev, I, I would imagine some pro leagues don't feel like a player's league. Where I, I, Baseball, I would just point to immediately because, you know, young guys are under club control for so long. By the time you're like 28, 29, 30, maybe you're just hitting your first shot at free agency. 
But the NBA, does it feel like a player's league where guys kind of have say over where they're going to play, who they're going to play with, and how much they're going to play for? Yeah, completely. And you know, that's totally flipped. And so even with the power of the agents now and kind of the way they're able to dictate teams and you know, public opinion and now with social media, you know, teams, there's a lot more heat on teams to trade a guy or not trade a guy than there used to be. And so a lot of times, especially if you're an all-star, you're a guy that's proved himself in the league, you have a lot of power within your team of when you're ready to play, you know, when you're not ready to play, and what team you want to play for. And, you know, it's not always, you know, getting to pick and choose specifically teams you want to go play for, but you can dictate which team you don't want to play for. Mm -hmm, right. And so that's equally as important, I think, of guys just trying to be in the right spot, that, in a spot that's going to make them happy. Can we talk about a guy who should not get traded? I'm a Braves fan. Your high school teammate, right? I mean, he's shooting up the charts. Yeah. I know as Atlanta looks for some help at the trade deadline, right. Ian Anderson's name is going to pop up. And he's everyone. Double-A Mississippi right now. Let's not trade this guy, please. Oh, completely. Yeah, I think I follow all those trade talks, too, just because you know, the Braves weren't supposed to be this good this early. Right. And so they're, they're a young team who's really good. And so Ian was you know, going to be coming up as a part of that young and building team. But now they're like, okay, we're good enough to win. And so it'd be interesting to see if he's a piece that tries to move again to try to get really good really quickly and you know trade for peace. But I'm hoping not because you know they have a, they have a new stadium over there. They're really good and you know to be in the same city as him at least for a couple of years. How hopefully. wild is that, man? So crazy. When, when the yeah. Hawks draft you, I know Ian isn't playing in Atlanta yet, but are you thinking? My God, that's where Anderson is. Yeah, that was one of my first thoughts. I think I even said it when everything kind of died down. I was like, well, I guess you know, I'm back in the same city as Ian. Yeah. But I, I love it, the kind of the fact that he's a pitcher. And so whatever game that he's pitching, hopefully if he's a starter for them or for whatever team he ends up playing for, is that you get to go and watch him for that whole game. Right. And so that's what I'm excited for, you know, especially being there in the summers and kind of having something to do. Okay, we got a viewer question. Oh, great. Uh, somebody wants to know if there's a certain meal you have pre-game that's your go-to. My go-to, probably still Chipotle. You know, we, again, that's something that I have to pick up Chipotle going to games for guys, and so usually I'll just grab myself something to eat with it too. But, uh, you know, a lot of guys eat Chipotle before games. Um, you know, different sandwiches. You know, in the NBA, it's funny, you go on road trips, and so you can send ball boys to kind of go get food for you throughout the arena. And so if there is a restaurant that... Is literally inside the arena. They bring you a menu from it, and you pick out something you want, and then you pay the ball boys. And so, uh, on the road, it's always different. At home, usually you have to pick up Chipotle for people. Do you tip the ball boy? Yeah, yeah, you tip. You give him, you give him a nice little tip. Give him a nice tip. Yeah. I noticed you have this nice Hawks shirt here going on. I yeah. want to ask you about the swag. Like, is it just whatever you want, Piles, whenever you want, pretty much? Like, yeah, depending. If you're signed with somebody, then yeah. Uh, okay. And you know, that's within your deal. Is literally, you can. You know, a lot of guys. You know, for if you sign with Nike, Nike, it's like every month you get a certain amount of money towards their online store, and it's a use it or lose it type of thing. Oh, and so, you know, guys will go on and literally just be able to order anything they want. That's awesome. Who are yeah. we signed with? We're still waiting on that. Hopefully, we'll find out in the next month. Nick DePaula <laughs> of ESPN. Let's do this, man. Let's. They got sneaker heads now on ESPN Plus. Yeah. We got to get Kev a deal. Uh, put Coach, in word. Uh, Chris was going to ask you about coaching in the league, and Coach Pierce in particular. I'm curious, what, are, what was like the big difference in coaching from college to the pro? Because now it's you know, a professional organization, right? What, is, what are the differences, not even just like X's and O's, but sort of how the whole system is run? It kind of just goes back to it's, it's a player's league now. And yeah. so we're talking about even with that is your coaches to an extent don't have the same power as a college coach had. And so the head coach in college is the judge, jury, executioner. You know, he makes all the decisions. You know, when you're screwing up either on or off the court, he's the one who punishes you, he's the one who gets rid of you, any of that. But you know, coaches in the NBA don't have the same type of power. They really, their control is what happens on the court. You know, everything else, the strength training, the you know, taking care of your bodies, the, the front office handles everything else. And so, you know, really Lloyd, his power stays inside the court. But, you know, he's been great with us. You know, one thing I loved was he's just very even keeled. And so, games that we lose by 20, games that we win, you know, it was always the same thing. And he'd come in the locker room and, um, you know, he'd say something quick and we'd go and we'd learn the next day in the film room. And so we'd go and that's where we'd really talk about the game from the night before. And so, He's been great, you know, especially with my development. You know, he gets on the court and you know, he'll literally play pickup with you. And 
you know, funny story for Trey's uh, pre-draft workouts, his stock position was really high, and so he was just doing single workouts. So when he came to work out for the Hawks, <laughs> Lloyd guarded him his whole entire workout. And so he was having to do full court, you know, seeing what his handle was like, seeing how he's going to handle physicality, but it was our head coach that was guarding the whole entire time. Coach Pierce so, is a young dude. He is, yeah. yeah. He can still dunk. You know, he went up and dunked in practice. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's a fun atmosphere. Sharp-dressed dude, too. Yeah, he does. He Let's takes pride in that. Line, man. Right. Um, I want to ask you one quick thing here, and then we're going to pull, play a little bit of game with you here. Uh, ESPN recently did um, Baxter Holmes, who's a reporter for them on .com, did a piece about basketball in general and the focus on youth hoops and how it may be causing some guys to break down sooner than they should or even maybe just push them away from the game sooner than they should be. You played a ton of hoops growing up, obviously. AAU, uh, you were everywhere, and I know your, your brother did as well, your sisters do also, but you were center fielder for a Shen baseball team that won a state championship. How did you find the balance as a kid growing up who had such great expectations but also incredible potential? Yeah, you know, I think it was always, and this is obviously a big argument of specializing in a sport early on. And you know, for me, I always thought it was very beneficial to play baseball, not only to rest my body physically, but mentally too, and just kind of get a refresh in the in the three or four months that I was off the baseball, that I was off the basketball court, in order so I can go back and you have know, the same drive to pick up again and um, and continue in the basketball season, but. You know, for there's a lot of talks about that, and you know whether guys are hurting themselves because you're playing you know seven or eight AU games in a weekend. But to be honest, you know that was normal when I was growing up. And you know if you keep winning, you keep playing right, more games. Right. But you know, if you don't want to play that many games, then don't win. <laughs> and uh, you know, there's a lot of leagues now. Every shoe company has their own league where a lot of times you're you play max four games in a weekend. And so I think people are starting to get more aware of it, and they're starting to try to limit that a little bit. But yeah, you still got to play. You still got to play basketball. People still got to find a way to get better. And you know, as I think the generation even before me, a lot of ways guys got better was just by playing pickup. Mm -hmm. And then my generation, now the generation now, is guys get better by working out with specific the basketball trainers and, and something like that. And they play less actual pickup. So it's a give or take. You know, the game is kind of just going in a different in a different way. We've got another viewer question. Go Greg Bobbitt wants to know what kind of game advice does Dad give you now that you're a uh -oh. pro, if any. It was funny, you know, he still, you know, he still thinks Dad he's Dad was a heck of a hooper yeah, in Siena. Right, yeah. yeah, but he still, he still thinks he's like the inside scoop on a lot of things, and so, not thanks, so he does, you know, I don't want to disrespect him, but we were playing, I think, Philly one game, and, uh, you know, he was trying to give me tips on, like, what Jimmy Butler was going to do, and, you know, he's, he's going to pump fake you, he's going he's to try to be physical, he's going to do all this stuff, and so it was like a regular conversation I would have had before a high school game, and... You know, I think all growing up, my dad, for me, I, I don't think he ever had to tell us to shoot the ball or to not shoot the ball, but for him it was always you know, ball handling and trying to do different things on the court, not just be a set shooter and not always try to limit yourself. And so every level I've went up, his whole thing is if you're not confident dribbling the ball, if you're not confident handling it and sending other people out, then you need to start practicing more uh, because it's a game that you need to, it's a party game you need to keep and continue to show. And so uh, he still says a similar type of thing now. Let's play a little 050 or 100 here. Uh, but, Kev, as we get the whiteboards for you, um, cool. I went on basketballreference.com, okay? And we've been around this block a couple of times, so hit me if you're tired of the question. But they do have a nickname listed for you. Thank you. Okay. And it is Red Mamba or Red Velvet. Okay. Now, Kevin Chenard, who covers you guys for the athletic, give yeah. to Sean if you would, uh, he says all your teammates just call you. Kevon. 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 Yeah. So where are we on the nickname? We're, we'll work on the shoe deal. Where are we on the nickname? Uh, the nickname again. It's it's a multiple nickname kind of thing. You know, within our team, they used to say I, you know, I was I was two players. You know, the games I played well, I was Kevon. The games I didn't play well, it was Kevin. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't need to that's explain like a, why that, that was. That's but. a uh, that's a family matters thing. Uh, Steve Urkel was Steve, yeah. and when he was cool, he was Stefan. Yeah, that's so it, it was a similar type of thing. So yeah. I was Kayvon when I was playing well. Okay, I, you know I get down with Kayvon. Yeah, I, yeah. I know I was pushing Red Velvet for a while, but yeah. I'll, I'll get off that. All right, Ash, let's, this is zero fifty or hundred. Sean hates when I explain this, but you're new to the show, so I'll explain it. <laughs> Ash is going to throw out a statement, and we have to decide. 0, 050 or 100, we're all in at 100, we're riding the fence at 50, or we gotcha. completely disagree at zero. Gotcha, all right, okay. Man? We avoid Easy. 50 at all costs if possible. Easy enough, yeah. okay. All right, 0, 050 or 100, 
3 and D is the most overused phrase in the NBA. 3 and D. You're, you're a little bit of a 3 and D guy, would you say? The most overused phrase. Yeah, you know better than we do. We watch a lot of NBA on TV. Uh, you know what? I don't have a better one, so I'm going to go 100. I'm going to go 100 because I hear it all the time. Like, draft, pre-draft stuff. Oh, he's a 3 and D guy. I'm watching games on TV, whatever it is, league pass. This, he's a 3 and D. Yeah, 3 and D guy. And I don't even know that anybody can even back it up with exactly what it means. Yeah. I get it. It's plain in black and white. But you just hear it everywhere, 3 and D. You do. Uh, I put 50. I'm sorry. You know, we're supposed to stay away from it. I think you know, one of the bigger ones, and it goes with 3 and D, is you know, size and athleticism and or pass, shoot, dribble. And okay. so that's kind of, for me, a really overused. It's probably those three, so I can't give it the crown, but it's definitely not an underused statement, yeah, put it okay. that way. Shawnee? I mean, you say don't go 50. And first one, out of the gate. And he goes 50. Yeah. I mean, you right. know what, though, it is a 50. <laughs> because <laughs> it's, he's right, there are just so many. That's yeah. the problem, like pick and pop. And you know, right. all these pick little phrases, you yep. know. Um, there was one I was trying to think of for the life of me, couldn't think of it, but... Kevin might come up with it. Yeah, like about pace of play, there's something about it, like, not run and gun, eh, it was something else I couldn't come up with, but... Everyone just says we're going to play fast, no. Yeah. Which that's just, again, how they're just so many, right? Yeah. We're going to push the pace, we're going to play fast, we're going to get up and down. Yeah, get up and down. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right, Ash. Okay. <clears throat> All right, next one is about Vince Carter. Vince Carter is, in fact, made up of, of an Avengers DNA, not human chromosomes. Go ahead, Kev. You're his teammate, man. You go first. That's 100. Again, to see the stuff he's able to do at 42, to see him show up every day without much injuries. Um, Vince doesn't have the best diet in the world. He doesn't have the worst diet, but if we have treats, he's definitely not shy when it comes to eating that. And the way he still dunks, the way he can still shoot it, yeah. you know, he's developed. Like I think his shot is better now than it was five years ago. So when you bring the Krispy Kremes, it's <laughs> like, I'm first. I'm the veteran. Get out of the way. He's not shy. You know, I'll say that. Right. Uh, he definitely doesn't take one. So, okay. yeah, right. he, he adds a couple. If I were 42 and someone was paying me $8 million to still play in the league, I'd, I'd right. be eating whatever I want to. I'm 100 definitely. on this, too, right? I mean, the guy's yeah. a freak. When I was at the Garden, Kev, for your debut, I had never seen Vince before in person as close as I was. I'd seen him play before in person, but not, you know, I'm standing baseline and there he is warming up. Um, what struck me for whatever he eats, I'm not going to call him skinny because that's disrespectful, but he's lean. Yeah. I couldn't believe how lean he was. Right. You just assume he's going to get bigger with age, obviously, but also be like, I don't know, a little more muscle. But he's just so lean yeah. that I couldn't believe that. Is that common in the league? The yeah, guys I mean, are a little leaner than you'd expect? Yeah, your guys are definitely, definitely leaner. Um, I think you have to with how long the season is. You can't carry extra weight because yeah. you know, the extra weight you carry is a bigger toll on your body that your body already takes a huge toll. And so a lot of guys are strong, but you know, there's not a lot of you know, big guys right. like there is in football. Bags yeah, this, on is VC. An, this is an obvious 100, <clears throat> I mean, from... The dunk contest highlights. Everybody's yeah. seen the Olympics dunk. Right. You ever seen his dunk on Alonzo Mourning? Yeah. Where he comes back. And, I mean, he almost did that this year. We were talking about that. He had it against someone this year, but he let up and he ended up like hanging in the air and shooting a layup. And right on the court, I was like, I thought you were about the Alonzo Mourning. He <laughs> yeah. just sat there on the court and he just started laughing. That was my favorite dunk of his with the Nets for sure. That yeah. was incredible. Okay. How many donuts do you have to buy for a team? Like, what do you get, four dozen? Oh, it's not our team, too. It's our, it's our, it's everybody. It's our coaches, everybody. So Come it's whoever travels on their team. No, so we usually get four. So everybody usually has, like, one or two. Certain people have more than that. But <laughs> we, we get our one or two. Okay. Uh, next one, players being worried about their video game ratings is justified. Have you seen this with all the Madden stuff now? Keenan Allen, even, like, in his car recorded a video he's ticked off he's an 89 in madden and so i'm just curious like do nba guys get upset about their 2k rankings I'm, I'm trying to go ahead ash I didn't, I didn't write this question to be fair uh players being worried about their video game ratings is justified so what you were rated on like so nba 2K. 2k i'm 100 here and i i thought i was zero for the longest time in my life but I think players are right to be a little upset if they're not ranked the way they should be in a video game. All the kids who are watching these guys on TV are playing the video games. 
So, you know, if Aaron Rodgers wants to be upset that he's a 90 in Madden, like, yeah, you probably should be upset because you're better than a 90. DeAndre Hopkins is the only offensive player who's a 99 in this year's Madden. I mean, Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be close to that anyway. Come on, he's got to be. So I, I, think, I think it's okay if athletes are going to be upset with their video game ratings. I'm saying zero. It's a video game, man. Yeah, I don't think it matters, you know, really. I forgot, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to say anything too controversial, yeah. but put it this way. There's, there's a pecking order in real life of, you know, how good guys are in the league and in real life. So you're, if you're not as good as you think you are in uh, real life, you shouldn't be that good in a video game either. So a lot of guys that try to justify their Madden rating or their 2K rating, it's like, you know, that, that might, that's probably around where you are. Go ahead, Sean. Right, I'm going to go 50 on this, only uh, because, Kev's right, it's a zero, right? Like, nobody should care about their video game rating. But what I do like about it is, like, if you're going to care because somebody else in the league has a little higher than you and you think you're better than them, yeah. like, I could see somebody like MJ or Kobe, like, not verbalizing that they're upset about that, but being like... <laughs> Somebody thinks this guy is better than me. We'll right. see about that. Like I get, yeah. when, I, like I that. get when athletes are upset with media members. For, yeah. Now, now it's like a computer programmer somewhere in right. some dark room is deciding yeah. what your rating is. <laughs> right. right. Do you know what your two K three point rating was? Do you know any of that stuff? Yeah. He doesn't. He's. You didn't look it up. You don't know he, he doesn't, doesn't care. No, he doesn't care now. I know. I'm gonna play with the Hawks. And he's the pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> say, Kev made that, and, and that's the point. Is like, I'm in the NBA. I'm, I'm good. Whatever 2K wants to put on me, I'm, I'm good. Right. All right, Ash. All right, last, last one. one. People who think they could win a point off of Serena Williams are delusional. Okay, have you seen this? There it was, was a survey. A, there was a survey, a poll of men, I think, and women too. Okay. But, but there was a percentage of men, in particular, to Ashley's point who really believed they could win a point off Serena Williams. Kev, you go first, man. You're the guest. Complete bogus. The only way someone actually score a point on Serena Williams is if she messed up yeah. and scored or gave up a point on her end. But this goes for even past you know, tennis or women's tennis. People think you know, a man could step on a WNBA court. It's like any person in the WNBA would give you 20 in every single game. And so, especially in tennis where you have a... 105, 110 mile per hour serve coming at you. Right. You're not doing anything with that if you've never played tennis before. So, other than the fact of her messing up and you know, giving, letting herself give a point, you're not scoring on her. See, this is good. Kevin could help us settle debates that we always have in our newsroom over at the TV. He tell you you're wrong every time because we always say like, you know, could you stand in the box? Like play it, play 162 game season and find a way to get 10 hits in big in big leagues. No. Okay. That's what I always say to you. Always say no. No. Sean always goes yes. Sean also no. thinks five people in the newsroom could beat the UConn women's basketball team or could no, play could play within no, like no, no. I said 30. Would not get beat by 100. Right. On that. One. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was you'd, less than you'd 100. Set the it was spread more like 30. And then could you stay within the spread? It was yeah. more like 30. I think if you played a full college game, they would beat you by over 45. Okay. Love it. They'd beat uh, you by yeah. 70. Yeah, probably would. They've beaten other college basketball teams by yeah. 70. Right. You'd be saved by the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd be watching the clock. Yes. So I'm, like, I'm 100 here, too. Yeah, this you, is. You easy. said, like, even if you if you, are, if you are your country club champion or pro, you will not win a point off Serena Williams. Unless, like Kev said, she double faults yeah. and then she gives you a point. Other than that, you have no prayer. Of returning her serve. No, what does she serve at? Hundred whatever got miles. Yeah. Yeah. That was most of the comments, like double fault. But the right. chances yeah. she's going to double fault against right. you. Well, that should be a point. When she faults the first like time, she's going to take twenty miles an hour off her serve, yeah. and you're still not going to be able to return her eighty miles. Oh, yeah, said right. that shouldn't count. Yeah, it wouldn't be a point. You still got to score on her. Yeah, right. So like return it and then give it to yeah. All right. So if you could take your Shen high school team, all right. Throw them in an NBA game. Throw them in a WNBA game. What's the score? I don't know. Depends. I mean, we had two Division One, and team. then you know, four other college-level players. So, in a WNBA game, I mean, we'd still get beat by thirty. Okay. But you know, I don't yeah. think it'd be yeah. a fifty. Right. Right. You might okay. hang for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's zero fifty or hundred, man. We got a couple more questions. Cool. You want to do those for Please. me? Please. Let's do it. Viewers. Okay. Uh, Kev, how did you adjust from playing a college schedule to an 82-game NBA season? Did you hit a wall at all last year? You never want to admit as an athlete you hit a wall. So 
no, I didn't hit a wall. <laughs> That's um, a yes. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still figuring out how to make it through 82 games because I haven't played 82 games yet in the NBA. I've played, I think it was 74, played 75. 75. Yeah. So it's a grind, though. It's a long year, you know, especially, like I keep saying, mentally and physically of literally waking up in the morning after back-to-back and having to go to practice or go play again. And it's just not the same as it was in college where you play on a Tuesday and then you don't play again until Sunday yeah. and you have class in between and the rest of your life and you just have a lot of different things to take your mind off of it where I'm not complaining at all. But in the NBA, you have just basketball, which is great, but off the court you don't do much. And then you have so many games in such a short amount of time that it was the first time in my life waking up on game days and like, man, I don't feel like playing today. Yeah, and that's, and that's the grind mentally, right? Is that there is no other escape. It is just hoops. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's 0.50 or 100, Kev. So wait uh, a minute. The three of us, Walter and Steve, NBA game. What are we scoring? How many points? I mean, you're going to Kevin's on our team? Yeah, you're going to obviously take yeah, but they're going to double team the him all day long. They'll double, they'll triple team you. They'll yeah. leave us idiots open. Right. How many, can we get to 10 points? Between the rest of the four of you? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Wow. May, you may each get one. One well, field. No, if, we, no. Well, they're not going to foul. Depends on, yeah, I've never seen you guys line. play. That's where you're going to get it. Yeah. That's it. We played in high school. That was it. That'll tell you enough. It's been a long time since it's I It's tough school. to say. It wouldn't be a pretty game at all. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering if we could even put the ball in the basket. I think, no probably score, I think it may score like four or six points. Can we yeah. give up 170, 180? It'd I mean, be around there. You've got to get it across yeah. half court it first. Depends on how well right. the other team would shoot. If they're making shots, it'd yeah. be even uglier. Okay, man. Uh, we are at Leah Infinity. We're on Route 9 in Latham. Beautiful showroom here. One of the best things I love about these vehicles, and Shawnee, we've, we've driven them. Kev, we drove the, you know, the, the car, the QX80 that drives on the main track at Saratoga? Yep. I saw it the other day. Steve, the GM, entrusted us to drive that up to the track. Really? Yeah. Now, it's wrapped. There's a vehicle wrap. I found, I found the blind spots to be very difficult. Very nice. I stayed in the right lane the whole time going up the north way. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Did so the, I didn't know if that was you driving on the track. Or no, they, no, listen, I'm lucky they let me drive it at all. Yeah. Uh, not up at the track, but it, that's the QX80. A guy your size would love a vehicle like that. I was going to say the, the thing I love most about the Infinity is no matter what model you drive, it's all-wheel drive. So it's July. You live in Atlanta. You don't have to worry about this. In the Northeast, even in July, we're thinking about December, January, February, mm-hmm. all-wheel drive, every single model. Every single model makes you feel like it's a luxury vehicle because it is. It's all the engineering technology you want in a car, hands-free technology. Sean and I put the thing in reverse once. I couldn't believe it. It's like you have a drone flying above you, the backup you, you see like everything yeah, around the this? car. It's incredible. Uh, come into the showroom, Steve Kuhn is the general manager, make sure you test drive whatever you want, and then when you leave here, you won't want, you want to drive anything else, and Steve will make sure it is a car and a payment that fits your budget. That's why they call it luxury for less. We're on Route 9 in Latham. All right, we're going to cut you loose here in a second, I promise, but I got a few fun things for you we want to hit you with first here. Cool. This is close to what a viewer asked you you but it'll be a little off close to your okay. favorite meal that isn't within hawks nutrition guidelines uh chick-fil-a probably okay chick-fil-a nice spe- i mean plan. especially not yeah especially not having it growing up and then i mean you go on vacation and it was like i don't know it was like eating a five-star meal at a steakhouse and you're like oh, i'm getting chick-fil-a <laughs> but you know i still take advantage now of you it. you were just in vegas though any in and out you go to la in and out no I'm not into those. Not a fan. No. What do you mean those? I just don't you mean even, in and out in general? I don't eat fast food in general. Yeah. So the really only fast food is just Chick-fil-A, to be okay. honest. All right. So. Okay. Uh, back to Coach Pierce here, who I actually I, I really like. He's been kind to us up in the Albany market, and he doesn't know who the heck we are. Uh, <laughs> phrase you hear from him in your sleep. Maybe not from him, just our coaching staff is get to the corner. That is... I couldn't tell you in transition. Everything we do is just get to the corner. You have spacing, get to the corner. Not you specifically. Just our whole, all our wings, yeah. all our yeah. wings. You just, it was relentless. Last preseason, last earlier in the season, if you weren't in the dead corner, you're maybe up by the break, you're up a little bit higher than the corner, it was get to the corner, get to the corner. Wow. Like just nonstop. I'm going to ask some really okay. controversial. I don't even know if you'll be able to answer Okay. Better dunker, Vince Carter or Dominique Wilkins? Vince. Okay. I think Dominique would give him the crown too. They talk about it. Do they? Yeah, yeah. They talk about it too. I think I think Dominique would give Vince the crown. Okay. How's Dominique around the team? 
He's funny. You know, Dominique is kind of just at a point in his life where he doesn't really care what people think. And so <laughs> he knows how good he was. He knows how easily he scored the ball yeah. and how he's a legend around the Hawks. And he'll just kind of you know, tell you about it. Uh, he'll tell you about his college experiences, but he's just funny. Like two, three days after we're watching the Hawks game at work one night, um, and two, three days after he's just like praising you and your game. It's later in the season. And he's saying, you know, I keep telling him, he's got to be more aggressive, he's got to shoot more, yada, yada, yada. Sean and I had a chance to talk with, with Dominique over the phone, and he loves your game. When you hear that type of stuff coming from a Hall of Famer who means so much to this franchise, obviously, what, what, what do you think? Same thing. It just You have to remind yourself who he is. And he was another person with Vince that, after seeing him the first couple of times, you'd like, well, it's Dominique Wilkins, but then... He travels with our team. He's, if anybody doesn't know, he does the radio for us. He yeah. does the TV, uh, sorry. And so he's at every single game on the court. Um, you know, he comes and talks to you like he's a coach. And, you know, before the game, again, he'll give you little tips or come on, like, and shoot the ball 30 times today or, you know, something like that, especially to me. And so to, again, have that type of support by a guy of his stature is just kind of crazy. Cool. Um, best trash talker, either played against in the game or even at practice. I mean, I would, going back to the beginning of the show, just Dwayne doesn't Devin. shut up. So he's, he's just constantly talking. But, you know, other teams, Patrick Beverly tried to. Trey actually got him in foul trouble both times we played him. But, you know, his trash talk didn't last very long. Yeah. Is there a lot of talking? Is there as much talking on the court between opposing teams' players as we want to believe there is? Uh... Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. There's not just crazy guys going and attacking each other and you know talking, but it's the same thing. It's kind of just a respect game. You know, if if you give a guy a cheap shot and you don't acknowledge it, you don't do it, then he's going to get pissed and he's going to go back at you, especially if he's an older guy in the league. And so, just the same way there is in the MLB with you know guys getting pegged. You know, there's there's a certain respect part that comes with the game, and if you don't treat the game the right way, then guys get upset by it. More talk in college though. Yeah, college is more college is more talk. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, most embarrassing on court moment, either as a rookie or basketball player in general. Like even when you play high school level, like I've been dunked on. I'm sure you've been dunked on. But but is there like a moment that you remember? Like oh man, I'd love to forget that. It was another preseason game this year at Memphis. I went up for a dunk on a fast break, and I swear for the viewers, it wasn't the side of the rim. I went up and I put the ball on top of the rim, and then it like. I had on top of the rim, and then it rolled off with my hand as I came down. And so the thing looked like it was just that stuff by the <laughs> rim, and then the ball fell down with me. And so that was pretty embarrassing. Okay. But it was funny. So our current player, so Car um, Chandler Parsons was on the other team, and he came up to me you know, in the game. He's like, man, you can't be doing that for us. You know, you know, us white guys, we got to stick there. we got to show we can jump out here. And so yeah. I was like, man, that's, trust me, that's not how it usually goes. And so now uh, I think a couple weeks ago in Vegas, he brought it up. He was like, remember when you missed that dunk that's and I came funny. up and said something? I was like, yeah, I do. He can play. Parsons yeah. can play. Uh, I would like to feel that kind of embarrassment. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, up too yeah. high. Right. Yeah, up right. too high. Uh, Pre-game music. Uh, I listen to a lot of Drake just because I know his lyrics. Yeah, I kind of like, I don't know, he's, for me, it's tough to listen to, to different music before a game that you don't know the songs. And so I like to just listen to something familiar and something that I can kind of just get into okay. and sit there and listen. What about movies? Do you guys get uh, to watch any movies as a team? Is that something you guys do together? Or like, what's, what are some movies that guys like to see? We went, one time we, on the road, we went and everybody saw Creed 2. Oh, yeah. So that was the only one we saw. But other than that, I mean, guys have Netflix on the plane and stuff like that. Uh, along those lines, TV show or movie you like that you wouldn't want to admit to your teammates you like? Probably Riverdale. Riverdale? Is that Riverdale. CW? What was that show on Riverdale? Riverdale. I mean, it was. I think it's a Netflix original. Oh, oh Netflix but it's original. yeah. It was a, it was like a high schoolish type yeah. of show. Okay. So I watched that. I think my second year in college and. I liked it. Enjoyed it. Watched okay. all of it. Hey, we got one more quick one. Nick yeah. Forbes, who's the most athletic player you've seen in the NBA? You rattled off a few, but if you could peg one. Who does he think? He didn't say. Just a question for you. So, most athletic. athletic. Yeah, try to guess some. I mean, I would guess. It's, it's, I mean, really, LeBron James is... is I know. You almost want to go Giannis now, probably. Yeah, right? Giannis. Like, LeBron's the default. But Durant is also seven feet and does whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that one of the most unfair players in the NBA is still DeAndre Jordan 
for mm -hmm. how tall he is and how high he jumps. Yep. It's where you can just put the ball anywhere within the backboard and he goes and catches it. Um, he's like a 6'11 volleyball player. Yeah, he's, he's massive. And then the other one is Giannis, yep. where he just take, he takes like one dribble from half court, Euro steps you from the three-point line, and then dunks. And so you're like, there's nothing you can Nick do about Nick says Westbrook. Westbrook. Westbrook, I mean, he's still up there. Yep. Westbrook is strong and athletic. There's other guys who are just athletic. Uh, last one from me. Do you read the comments? You ever catch yourself reading comments? You're not a big social media guy, I know, but do you ever find yourself like reading things where people are saying stuff about you that they wouldn't say to your face? Can you I laugh mean, that stuff off? I don't go looking for comments, yeah. but yeah, you obviously catch stuff just by scrolling through and seeing stuff, but I don't think it's healthy when you go and you look for stuff because there's always something out there. Yeah. And so you catch it, you see it, and again, you got to have the other mindset to just kind of laugh it off. Right, it's, it's going to be either, uh, I would imagine, as an NBA player about your race or about your red hair. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Usually goes from that. Yeah, Shawnee? <laughs> That's it, man. This was fun. Yeah. Cool, yeah, this I had a lot fun. of fun. Uh, you'll see Kev driving around in a really nice red infinity while he's back here in the capital region. Uh, you get back to Atlanta. White infinity. How soon? Oh, white, sorry. White infinity. Yeah. It's um, all good. Uh, you get back to just because he has red hair, drives a red infinity. <laughs> yeah, that I was mean, my assumption. That's crazy. That's his comments, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Don't read those. Yeah. Uh, when do you get back to Atlanta? Go back to Atlanta the 28th okay. of July. So I'm here for another couple of weeks. Into workouts right away? Uh, it'll kind of be a mix. Um, you know, take care of some stuff with my apartment, and then uh, I'll jump into workouts that next week. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good luck, man. Cool. Stay healthy. Of course. Thanks so much for the time here today. Thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate Kevin Hurd. Thanks so much. Cool. Yeah, Second no team, all rookie, not even yet 21 years old. And do you feel like you'll experience the difference from freshman year at Maryland to sophomore year at Maryland? You got a lot more aggressive offensively in those two years. Do you think you'll kind of feel that same way? I'm hoping. Year two the yeah, they gave me the freedom to do that at Maryland to do that. So I'm hoping it's a similar type of jump. We'll find out. All right. Kevin Herter, and obviously, catch us on the podcast too. We're on iTunes, Honorado Bagnardi on Twitter as well. Uh, we'll have all the content for you if you missed any of today's episode. We're back next week with Dottie Pepper in studio. We'll look back at the Open Championship, which is this weekend. Kev's a big golfer now. We'll get his take, too, maybe, through social media. Medium golf. And, uh, medium golf, yeah. <laughs> and Dottie will join us in studio to break down the Open Championship and to look ahead to a CBS event coming next and week. And we're going to challenge her to a game of mini golf. We're going to play a little mini golf with Dottie, too. There That'll you go. be fun. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Live from the Leah Infinity Showroom here on Route 9 in Latham.